0: Okay. It happens here and it finishes here. Two men enter. One man leaves.
1: merely a two-word review. It just a
0: shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last That right like, there is a, a lot, lot of that. Welcome back,
2: fellow music lovers. You are now tuned into yet another exciting adventure with us here on college. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual, coming to you live-ish from a tiny shack in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We are so happy to have you here. Going to be talking about a great little, great little important album today, the Competition. Lower Dens is a band that many of you may be familiar with or not. Uh, back in 2010, they put out an album called "Twin Hand Movement." They were on the sort of uh, really at the forefront of this this group of bands coming out of Baltimore: uh, Lower Den's, White Oak, uh, Future Islands, Beach House. Over the course of four albums, they've not just increased their sonic palette, they were a guitar-based band uh, back on Twin Hand Movement. Uh, They've brought synths and all that into it, but they've they've also increased their directness, and this is their most direct statement, I think, to date, and uh, probably their most powerful, Jana Hunter, uh, is transitioning and re-identifying as they, or he. And uh, this is an album that is largely about that, but but not just about that. It's about love. It's about self acceptance. It's about the world accepting you. It's about maybe being different, and and maybe how we should all uh, celebrate those differences and accept those differences instead of being uh, like uh, on the song "Young Republicans," <laughs> uh, what we know to be the world that does not. So that's what we're going to be getting into. This is one of my favorite albums of the year. So I I hope that we convince you that it might be your favorite album of the year. Uh, Before that, though, I want to talk to you about osirispod.com. If you go to osirispod.com, you're going to see all the great shows of the Osiris network. They just relaunched the website. You look at uh, our interview with Jay Blakesburg is up there right up top. Uh, Dead to me. Our show is on the Osiris network. Our friends at Broke down pod are up there. And, and this is a this is a community of music fans uh some musicians, and people who just love music that it it flows in their veins. it is their lifeblood and uh they are building and building and building and sort of want to be your source for all things music and we're helping them out. We're a partner with them, and what the work they're doing is fantastic. They just announced a whole new run of shows, one of them has David Crosby on it. Uh, check it out OsirisPod.com. and while you're there, check out jambase.com. You can go there for all things jam. So if widespread panic, who has a tour coming through Milwaukee here, is your thing, you're gonna see all sorts of news about that. Uh, the new album from Fish uh, keyboardist Vida Blue is out now. You can check in on that and uh, all kinds of things, man. All kinds of things. They've been around forever, and uh, and they have evolved so much, and and the work they do is. It's fantastic over there. So check out OsirisPod.com and JamBase.com. With that out of the way, I think it's time we get to it. Going to join my friend Michael Zwern from Washington D.C. here to talk about. Like I said, this is one of my favorite albums of the year. I love this band, uh, and and I love what they do. So here you go. This is the track "Galapagos" of Lower Den's "The Competition." A little bit of Galapagos off the of Lower Dens' fourth proper album, *The Competition*. Uh, Lower Dens is in a band from Baltimore, Maryland. I think Michael, you and I are are both familiar with them. I don't know if you saw them back in the day, the Twin Hand Movement, uh, uh, fronted by Jana Hunter, uh, who is the first time I saw Lower Dens, I was like, "Who's that little boy on stage?" And uh, now uh, he, they go by he, and pronouns change. He identifies as male um and uh it is kind of where his other albums have been uh about searching for like pop music and stuff this one is more about i think that journey to like self-identification and and more importantly that journey in the times that we are in
1: yeah so i first came aware of lower dens right around 2000 um, 11, when Twin Hand Movement came out, I saw I saw them at the Kennedy Center at a free show at the Millennium Stage. And that was my first introduction to Jana Hunter's music, but I would kind of been aware of their existence, but hadn't experienced them personally. So at that time, I sort of saw Lower Dense sort of coming out of a, you might call a neo-shoegaze, kind of very scorched kind of vocal style and um, a lot of guitar tones that were kind of shaping the sound and then coming back to them in 2019 you get a very different sense of Jana Hunter's music as well as their lyrical interests and I think that's one of the things that's quite interesting about this record if you kind of were aware of Jana Hunter before but the lyrical directions here are are pretty interesting. And the music is is very different from what I had first come across in Twin Hand Movement. So you sort of experienced them in the middle period of, of their second, third records. And I was aware of their first record and then coming back to them some years later it's a much more uh, abrupt change if you don't, don't <laughs> yeah. have the sense of that transition and the, i'm using the word transition and multiple meanings right. there in this case right
2: and and you know the twin hand movement back in 2010 i mean they they were part of uh the baltimore scene so you can throw like y oak in there you can throw future F- beach house future islands uh, all those. in fact i first saw them opening on a triple bill, I think with Y Oak and Future Islands. Wow, all Baltimore. and it was like, who the fuck are these Future Islands people? They're they're fucking freaking out at uh, Auto Bar, and uh, turns out <laughs> they're the biggest things in sliced bread, but but uh, you know this band was more uh, originally uh, a guitar based band. They started mm-hmm. experimenting with synths on nootropics. New, New I wasn't a huge fan of Escape from Evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it, there's a way I think people experiment with synths or experiment in in quotes uh, that is not experimental necessarily or appealing to me. And I look, I'm a kid of the 80s. One thing about the 80s and the use of these instruments was they were new and people were forced to innovate. Right. Right. And they're forced to like do. And that's why you have all these classics that are synth driven. But aren't like chintzy like you have now. There was a little bit of that on Escape from Evil. This I think comes out strong as uh, you know, you mentioned all these bands up front, but you know, I hear like the cure, I hear Joy Division, I hear and not not in the necessarily no, the tone of the songs but like the actual instrumentation this is this is blasted right from 1983 man
1: right and specifically i noted that there's a lot of bass lines that sound like a peter hook bass line from new yes. order so there's a particular uh when you said the instrumentation i heard new order very strongly mm-hmm. i also heard a lot of yaz upstairs at eric's kind of vocal stylings and at that point in the early 80s you know You had to be very technologically sophisticated to work those synthesizers, Um, and now it's just a plug-in in your apps, so it's very straightforward. But I hear a lot of the musical callbacks to the way that the early synth pop records actually sounded, because the technology was new at that point. And so this is kind of interesting to hear um, a youngish person like Jenna Hunter throwing back to music that was not around when they were young, because I'm not quite sure how old they are. but younger than me. Let's leave it at that. Yeah <laughs> yeah. The other interesting
2: thing about this album to me is that as much as it goes in that direction and uh, and dominates, I, I think, you know, they they work in straight up R and B hits.
1: Yeah, so the song I think we will both we're interested in is I Drive, yeah. and that's the one where it's the most similarity to Alice and Moyer's on Yaz's record. But it's this really sumptuous duet with this person who goes by the name of Elon, which is spelled numeral three L zero N if I get it Mm -hmm. correctly. And that's sort of a really interesting R&B synth pop hybrid. And it's basically, if I read it correctly, it's about seizing joy and finding connection while you're overcoming the strictures that are in our society. And it's really about the freedom to love the person that you're meant to love. Do you know the movie Night of the Comet? No, but I thought you were about to say the music, the comet is coming, which would have been different. No, no. no. So Night of the Comet is, is a
2: now cult classic, and it being October or October. Uh, you know, you go watch your scary movies, kids, and this this one isn't necessarily scary, but a comet flies over the Earth, and everybody like dies or turns into zombies. Oh, yeah, I've heard, of, I've heard about this, and and it's a commentary on consumerism, but it's also on like the two Valley Girls survive, uh, and it's 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 actually uh, you know, at the time, I, it just wasn't. It wasn't well received, <laughs> to put it lightly, but uh, but it, in hindsight, people see it kind of as, as a classic of that type of cinema. And if you told me that this song uh, was on the radio that, that they were listening to as they like pillaged the malls and everything, mm-hmm. I, I would totally believe it. This is this is straight from that time. It captures that vibe. I don't even I've never had a name for what that vibe is, but it just feels um, it's it's pop, but it's like a little left of center pop. Uh, but Buried in This is, like you said, uh, this is a song about a search for identity and how identity uh, can ruin, I think, some relationships and how their, their identity might have. I don't know if it's specifically about him, but, but uh, this line, why can't we be with the ones we're made to love? We live as instructed. Yep. Uh, we had the streets, but now there's just police, just mm-hmm. people telling, telling people what to do. And, and that's things like that are buried all through this album, and it, it's, it hits you. It just smacks you in the face, man. <laughs> like, oh,
1: yeah, shit. so a lot of the lyrics have this darkness where society is turning bleak and people have lost freedom, but there's still that desperate desire to make a connection, to be with the person you should be with, that you have yeah. that um, innate sense of belonging with. And so that kind of recurs throughout the record, there's a couple of pieces that are very explicit and there's a lot of underlying tension where there's this ecological and political and societal uh, distress, but people still need to find people to love. So that's sort of embedded in a lot of the record. And I think that's also a very new wave kind of theme uh, from the early 1980s. I suddenly had this recollection of um, uh, Peter Schilling's uh, Major Tom, the response song to the David Bowie. Um, and so whatever Hunter is doing here, there's this idea that no matter how bad society is getting, people still need to be with people who they can love.
2: Do you find that hopeful or, or do you find that,
1: uh, crushing? I find it, it's a little despondent, but at the same time, there's still this idea that if the world is going to hell around you, you can still find comfort in the arms of another person. So that, that's a that's a very. If I mean, I grew up in the uh, in the Cold War. So did you. So yeah. there was always that idea that there could be an apocalypse uh, of a nuclear variety, and now we talk more about climate. We talk more about uh, political dissolution, uh, but there was still that idea that you could dance and find romance and connection with somebody even if the world was on the precipice. And I I sense a lot of that here. I I noted briefly um, the record by EMA, uh, Erica Uh M. Anderson. Um, She has a lot of those similar themes. She doesn't work with the same musical templates. Uh, She's got a little post-apocalyptic kind of industrial and rock hybrids where this is much more synth. But there's also this idea that, uh, you know, you search for connections even as you recognize... um, how much of the world is losing control? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, what I what I found really interesting about this record is this idea that he they singing in this much more androgynous style, using the non binary pronouns mm-hmm. uh, around the the keyboard lines, and you've got this you've got this sense that it was very common in nineteen eighties new wave that the gender boundaries were much more loose then the um, the the sexuality boundaries at the time were loosening demonstrably from what they had been in the 70s and early 80s. And now in 2019, it's much more fluid. So Han- Hunter can sing like a man at times. He can sing, yeah. they can sing like a woman at times. And it's all a very distinctive personal identity that's at play, but it's not a fixed identity.
2: Yeah, and curiously, it's it's a very formed identity. It's um, very you know, structured. Uh, yeah, yeah, and 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 I don't know whether they, uh, I don't know any of the personal struggles of of sort of redefining their identity mm-hmm. or, or how they identify uh, was, but but to present it as rock solid that's that's powerful and that's brave That's like mm-hmm. there, there may be questions that he still has but there, he's not putting them necessarily forward on here this is this is as confident as a record as you're going to get in 2019 yeah I, I think too you know there is that despair and for me it is kind of despair i think when we see albums like this uh people writing about our times uh and you know their songs and it's like the last album is is a uh, the last song in your house is a direct yep. rebuke of Donald Trump. Yep. Uh, and uh, and it has that, that last line in there, though. Um, Don't you go and give them your reflection. And again, that just, like, slaps you across the face, you know, uh, w- w- where Jana positions themselves right here in the mire and the muck with us. Mm-hmm. And that gives the opportunity for some just, like – Absolutely hilarious results. And, and I'm thinking about the track Yemen you know, Public.
1: heads and we see the world is burning. And it's about people who are the sons of daughters of privilege who can, who can cocoon themselves away from the troubles of the world. Like, they can notice it, but it doesn't have a direct impact on yeah. them. And I think that's as direct a rebuke as, as Jenna Hunter offers here, because basically they're, they're taking a look at people who can insulate themselves from climate disaster, from political distress, from economic inequality, Mm -hmm. and observe it as sort of, you know, as a passive phenomenon, but it doesn't have a direct impact on the safety of their own lives. And that was as direct as Hunter gets. And then you mentioned In in Your House. So In Your House sounded to me like the closest to the earlier days of Lower Dens. It's not a synth-pop piece. It doesn't have those... uh, Canned beats. It's much more of a piano ballad and it's much Mm -hmm. more slow burning like the early Lower Den songs were. He, they are definitely casting a very critical eye eye towards the idea that people can just sort of sit back and, and watch the world burn as if I recall the line correctly. Uh, yeah
2: and 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 you know that's something they talk about the whole album and then to land on that it's very a very like simple like almost stripped down piece. Mm-hmm. You know, to circle back to Young Republicans real quick though you you do have that line but like buried in like in in these verses it says in every generation uh there are those who just don't fit in. And to what we were talking about that is also you know if you go back uh, just even like say gay marriage, or mm-hmm. you know what we have going on the the uh, trans ban in North Carolina, buried in this very, uh, quite frankly, vicious and hilarious attack on those privileged people is that acknowledgement of of where uh, marginalized people sit. I, I don't know that they are necessarily talking about. Or only about the young Republicans oh. follows it up, but we never asked to be this way, so that right. that points towards that. But also, born without souls or blood or skin, aha, uh-huh, we're we're young Republicans. Yeah, that's pretty hard. And 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 in, and in many ways, though, like that is what uh, what we know young Republicans to be. But that's what young Republicans think uh, about anybody who is different.
1: Yeah, to be honest, I didn't think it was the most interesting song on the record, but it was among the most direct songs on the record. Yeah. Uh, so it's easy to pick up on the on Jana Hunter's takeaways there, um, but yeah, it was a harsh line. It was a sort of, you know, scorn that is much more overt than some of the other themes on the record. Um, what I what I found was interesting, and you, you keep coming back to it, is that there's the societal distress, there's the ecological mm-hmm. disintegration. And then there's the the hope or maybe the the darkly optimistic idea that two people, let's assume it's two for the time being, yeah. can find a connection to comfort one another in the middle of all this. And that's, that's something that we used to hear in pop music a lot in the yep. 1980s. And it kind of disappeared with the end of the Soviet Union and a more optimistic sort of, I mean, there was nihilism in the 1990s with grunge and whatnot, but it was more... Sure it was less about the world being destroyed and it was more about people in distress. So this idea that that two people can can find a temporary oasis from uh, a world that's in collapse is an interesting. There's a line from Lucky People where he says, I never thought that I'd meet somebody like me. That, that's a, a flip, I think, from and, Chris Chris Isaac's Wicked Game. I never dreamed that I'd meet someone like you. Uh, I never dreamed that I'd lose someone like you. But it, the idea that you'd find someone who has the same questions, the same identity concerns, the same need for belonging that you have. And that's an interesting piece because you always hear it. I never thought that I'd meet somebody like you. That's the obvious line in pop music.
2: Well, and it Hunter also, flips
1: it. it yeah,
2: it, they flip it, and also, though, that is such uh, – that that's the actual, like, what people, I, I, I think, think, you know, when they fall in love with somebody, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it's framed a little bit just because of the context of the album about uh, this re-identification on Hunter's yeah. part, but but it is so universal. Like, when you, when, when you meet somebody like you – I mean, in this case, it's talking about uh, somebody who – was identified as a, a she, and now as a they or, or he, but it doesn't have to be. No, and, I, I don't think it's and, explicit. Yeah, it and, could and, be. and and that and that is one of the most. That's actually one of the most powerful lines on the record, I think, mm-hmm. because it it points out we when we think about things like this or or anything different, um, and we're all guilty of, of doing this regardless of how woke you may be, we segment things often and stuff like that's not like me. That's there that, you know, that it's a different life maybe. And whether it's through sexuality, whether it's through skin color, culture, whether it's just a place that a lot of us, uh, a lot of our minds as a whole go to when that's simply not the truth. And the reality is, is that, yeah, you, you, when you meet that person, um, never thought that you would meet somebody like you. And, uh, that's so eloquently put. And so puts like whatever struggle anybody is having with, uh, transitioning or, or gender, uh, identification into such a, uh, honestly a quite beautiful light for me. And, and mm-hmm. it's what makes the album great for me, I think
1: in terms of what makes this album resonate And I don't know if I would say it's great, but it really does resonate. Mm -hmm. It's this idea that while Hunter's individual concerns could be very distinctive and might not resonate with you, everyone has moments where one thinks, I wish I could make a connection to someone who Can understand my experiences, who can share my sensibility on the world and that's that sense of connection that's universal even if the specific context is very individual. So that there's that individual connection that everyone can identify with even if the specific constraints and opportunities are very distinctive. and, and I, th- I think that's that's that finding of universality that all pop music kind of aspires to. And they're the dance floor beats and the glittering synthesizers. And there's such a, even going back to disco and before, there's this idea that you can find yourself in the anonymity of dance music. And there's this glittering opportunity to express your true self in the context of the synthesizers and the heavily uh, orchestrated electronic kind of uh, setting. He's he's not saying uh, that I want to be like you. No,
2: he's saying he's saying I want to be like me. Oh, exactly. And and that, and, that, and that's the true fine. self. Yeah, yeah. I want to be and like that,
1: the true self that I am, and yeah. however that gets expressed. Yeah, the,
2: the themes they've dealt with, uh, and this is arguably, uh, I think his quote on this was he was talking about the, what the song was what the album was written about mm-hmm. so i'm a, a bleak home life and said pop songs were a guaranteed escape to mental space where beauty wonder and love were possible right i wanted to write songs that might have the potential to do that uh in that i think it's it's an absolute success and and uh I, I can't really conceive of being somebody who is who is deciding like how they want to identify or whatever and then hearing something like this this is like for me this is some super level hero level
1: shit can i make a a quick line there's real thing it's such an interesting song And it gets back to this idea that on the dance floor you can be the person you really want to be. Maybe Even in this case, and the lyrics seem to be pretty explicit, about the idea that on the dance floor you can express love and affection and attraction to someone even if you're not supposed to. Because it basically sounds like it's an uplifting ode to cheating on one's partner. And it, it's got this great line, I want to be young and dance with a band in and I don't want to care about the real thing. So I think the yeah. idea is that basically on the dance floor, you can express the desires that you've really got in your heart and in your mind. And even if outside of that dance club, you, you have other obligations and responsibilities and commitments. So yeah. uh, a lot of this is about tr- finding your true self in electronics and synthesizer-based music, which is actually a very 80s and even 70s disco idea. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 it's, fa- it's fantastic. I, I yeah, like, like I said, that's the humor in that too. Yeah, it you is, know, absolutely.
1: It, it's, it's
2: uh, and, cause that's, that's who we are as people, no matter who we think we are or who we want to be. Our need for love, our need for companionship, our need uh, for understanding uh, and and honestly, for me, like I, I don't care how anybody gets there. Like it, it's a better world when people do. Mm-hmm. And the more and the more you have people like Jana Hunter sort of speaking out through his work on it, uh, the easier it is to get there and make it a better world in general. All right, so Lower Dens, uh, the competition. I would go back and, uh, Michael, go back and check out No Tropics. I will. I've mispronounced it like four times, but that's how you pronounce it. Uh, And uh, I would recommend going out and checking out the entire catalog and then get up to this and
0: uh, do nothing. Be back in a few.
2: Lower Dens, the competition, is available everywhere you can buy Fine Records Now. I believe it's out on Ribbon Music. Uh, I just ordered my copy. It should actually be here in about an hour. So there. And it's just the record stores around here didn't have it. I don't know. I don't know. Every record store should have this stock Lower Dens, people. Uh, thanks to Michael for hanging out. And uh, thanks to Jana and, and crew for making this. This is... a. Uh, I, I, you know, I've, I said it throughout the podcast, said up front, but I think this is an essential listen, uh, especially for people uh, who are looking for uh, some sort of empathy here at the end of this this weird fucking decade. So uh, that is it. We are out of here. If you like what you heard, subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a rating or a message there. You can also listen to us on Google Play, Mixcloud Stitcher, and Spotify. We're out there everywhere on the socials at Chunky Glasses because we are a Chunky Glasses production coming up in the next few episodes. uh, The next one is going to be a chat with my friend Kim Ware. She heads up sort of a collective out of Atlanta called The Good Graces. She has a new album out called pros and consciousness. It's going to be out this Friday. It is excellent. So we're going to be talking about that. Uh, talk to Jonathan from broke pod about 111 heavy, which is one of his favorite bands. And, uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, see, we have clipping coming up. They have a new album. That's fantastic. I've heard it. And, and you guys need to get on that when it comes out, Garcia peoples have some stuff coming up. We're going to be at least mentioning that. Uh, and then uh, we're gonna take a swing back to see all the albums that we might have missed this year. I know one of them is Tony Tucker. If you haven't heard that Tony Tucker album, man, what are you doing with your life? So that is it. We are out of here. We'll be back in a few short days. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. We will talk to you soon.
0: I still
1: <laughs>
0: oh. Kenobi! <laughs>